Okay, Rabotai, welcome. It's uh, Shushan Purim today. I know the time is short. It's Erev Shabbat. Yes. It, was it the main thing? Yes. It's just, uh, it's numbers. 14 comes before 15. <laughs> it's mathematics, basic mathematics. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what you're supposed to do. I think you're supposed to recover. <laughs> they gave you a day to recover. It's not a bad idea. Anyway, the... Uh, so we, we started the book of Vayikra. Now, we cannot neglect the book of Vayikra, Rabotai, even though it's Purim and all that. But the Perashiyot still need to be, you know, discussed. So last week we discussed, uh, we read Perashat Vayikra. I was away, as you know. I did not offer the uh, Shi'ur. And I didn't want to deprive you from something that's written by the Meshach Chochmah. A beauty piece in his Hakdamat to Sefer Vayikra. Now, it's applicable to Sab also because it's really in the end of Korbanot. The whole Vayikra is the book of Korbanot. But this introduction is uh, really spectacular. It's the Meshech Chochmah, Hakdamah uh, Sefer Vayikra. Hakadmonim nechleku beta'ama Korbanot. So we know there's a great mahlukat lishonim on the reason why we bring Korbanot. Hamoreh, the Moreh is the Moreh Nebuchim. Harambam in Moreh Nebuchim gives a lot of uh, rational reasons and approaches to the Tariyag Mitzvot. And when he comes to Korbanot, he says, Ki hu lev ha'adam zara. It's an amazing reason. He says that there was an attraction in the olden days to Avodah Zarah. And it seems that part of that attraction was to bring animals and sprinkle blood. That's the way they, they served. So in order to redirect that ta'aba towards Avodah Zarah, somebody Olam gave us like, uh, you know, I don't want to say it, but uh, you know, kosher bacon. You know, so you don't eat the real things. But Olam says, okay, we'll give you a, a uh, you know, a fake. And uh, at least you'll get, the, uh, you'll get it out of your system. You know, you can say you ate it, you tasted it, you did it, without transgressing anything. So it's interesting that Rambam holds that korbanot are not intrinsically valuable on their own right. They're like a preventative which is an interesting thing, this whole hadush of korbanot is all, and all just so you don't get to, uh, you know, preventative against avodah zara. It's, uh, it's almost like it's a bidi'avad. It's an amazing shita. But, yeah, it takes away everything. It takes away the whole, uh, you know, the whole beauty of it. It's, uh, you know, it's like a gizirat at the Torah, the Torah to make and say, listen, the people are going to do avodah zara, so we got to give them some, throw them a bone. So with Roma Korban, they'll slaughter it, they'll feel like they're part of it. So instead of doing it to the Avodah uh, Zarah, they bring it to Hashem. But the Ramban argues uh, categorically on it. The Ramban, and it's, that's really, the Ramban is a, is a lone opinion on this. <coughs> the Ramban has many rabbis that are with him. He says, the Ramban v'si'ato amru, ki hu lekarev kol kohot ha'olamot. Oh, he talks about the spiritual inyan of the korbanot, 
where it's to unite all the energies of all the olamot, the word korban comes from Lashon Nekarev, to make close. So you're bringing, you know, all the different olamot, olam asiyah, and you're connecting it to olam atzilut, and uh, you're making all sorts of tikkunim. The Meshach Chochmah uses, a, you know, a trademark language at this point when he says, V'u inyan elektri ruhani. You're creating an electric uh, current of spirituality. No, that's the way he's explaining. So the Ramban, on the other hand, not like Rambam, is learning that this is a lofty, lofty thing. You're creating some sort of current to connect earth with heaven, and then once you have a, 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 a wire through that Qurban, the electric current of spirituality can come down. It can come down to the person, to the world. It's a, it's a very, very noble thing. Asher bif'ulota kohen, through the service of the Kohen, shonim. He will accomplish great things in different worlds. Kayadua, as is known, and the Rambam was known to be a Kabbalist, and he doesn't go into the details exactly what's happening, but there's, uh, you know, four uh, primary avodot in every Korban, there's four olamot, just like the Asiyah, and then Biriyah, Yisirah, and Atzilut, Abiyah. So therefore, Atzilut on top, Biriyah, Yisirah, Asiyah, they're going down. So the Qurbanot ought to create that electric flow. And now the Mitzchokma comes, and only this great rabbi can do such a thing. He says, listen, I know that till now you always told you that it's a mahloket between the Rambam and the Ramban. And I'm going to tell you today, Jonathan, thank you, honey, I appreciate it. Bless you. So I'm going to tell you today that it's not a mahloket. Mar amar hada, umar amar hada, vela pelige. Which is already, you know, courageous to stand between those two mountains and then come along and say, I'm going to reconcile both of them and I'm going to make shalom between the Moreh and the Ramban. What is he through? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy that type of question. Uh, again, I'm not, yeah, I know what they said. I cannot tell you all the other... That, you'll have to rely on Wikipedia, and they'll tell you exactly when they were born and a lot of the other minutia that uh, people are interested in. I, I, I have no... Uh, I just know they lived a long time ago. Now... Doctor, again, I'm not going to fall into this trap that you're trying to set me in. I told you I don't know it. I'm being honest with you. I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to make me say something that I'm going to regret. Then we have these, these picky uni guys that listen online and say, oh, you said he's a thousand years. It's really 893 years. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to get involved. So now, so now he says, yesh lehachriya. Ki korbanot... Bamahim, oh. so he introduces two types of korbanot that we brought. One type of korban was brought in the Beit Hamikdash. There's another type of korban that was brought on the bama. What was the bama? Bama literally means the raised platform. That when there's no Beit Hamikdash, the Torah allowed us to bring korbanot practically anywhere. You know, you went in your backyard, you built a uh, raised altar, 
then you were able to bring, you know, certain amount of korbanot privately. Like today, we have barbecues in our backyard. So that's what we make, uh, you know, uh, today they have smokers. I'm behind the times. I, I, I only have a barbecue. I don't have a smoker yet. So I didn't get to the, to the higher level of the, you know, the tzaddikim that have smokers. Now that's the new, the new item. You tell her a guy, I have a barbecue. Hey, barbecue, big deal, big deal. You have a smoker? No. Okay, smoker, that's the new item. Anyway, but in the olden days, they didn't have barbecues, they didn't have smokers, they had altars. So a guy went into his backyard one day, so I said, where are you going with that sheep? I'm going to bring it to Kurban Nashim. So there, and that was permissible so long as there was no Beit HaMikdash. Once the Beit HaMikdash comes uh, in existence, then all the Bamot are, uh, are out of commission. And we had... You know, many years, hundreds of years where Bamot were in, uh, you know, Mishkan Shiloh, for example. During the times of Shiloh, we had Hetera Bamot. The main Korbanot were born in Shiloh, but you were allowed to bring. But once the permanent temple is built, the Bamot go away. So the Rav says something incredible. He says, during when there was no Beit HaMikdash, so now you have people over here, living in Eretz Yisrael before the temple, there was a lot of goyim, and while Avodah Zarah was rampant, and the Jewish people coming to this land over here, and there's all Avodah Zarah, so to wean the people away from Avodah Zarah, the Rambam was talking about Bamot, and he said, the guy in his backyard, so we'll go, there's really nothing spiritual about a backyard on, uh, you know, the Hovskan Darun that the guy just built in his backyard, there's only Kiddushah to that, it's a personal item. By the way, no kohanim, there's no big day kehuna. It's not a, really a ritual of sort. But why did God allow it? The reason why the bamot are allowed, the Rambam will tell you, because avodah zarah. And therefore, we don't want you to go do this uh, by your neighbor's house, who's doing it on uh, Sunday morning, who's bringing them blood, and you're seeing this. Your guy to the right is doing it, guy to your left is doing it. And you know, there was a ta'ava for that. And therefore, the Ramam says, listen, in order to give the Jews a feeling that they could do this legally, kosher bacon. All right, let them go bring the uh, korban, let them sprinkle, and at least they're doing it in a kosher way. The Ramban, when he talks about this electric spiritual current that's coming down, that's not coming down from Obama. He's talking about a different moment in Jewish history. He's talking about Davka Bizman Shebet HaMikdash, Kayam, there, we know, we have Kohanim Ba'avodatam, you have Leviim, Beshiram Ubzimram, Yisrael Ba'amadam, Bet HaMikdash was a structure, it was Kodesh, everything was made, <coughs> you know, with spiritual uh, uh, calculations, as we know. Therefore, that's the Ramban talking about, and he says like this, beautiful language, yesh ki korbanot bama. So they gave you a term. Go in your backyard and bring a korban Hashem. No, sir. The korbanot of the Bet HaMikdash Beautiful. He found the Mekor. So first of all, he, he just throws it out. It's his own Hadush. And then he scans Shas Mishnayot. And he says, guess what? I found a Mekor for what I said in a Mishnah at the end of Masechet Zebahim. The Mishnah 
says like this. Haditnan resh parat hatat. En reyach nichowach bebama ketana. Oh. There's an inyan of reyach nichowach, which we're going to discuss in a minute, but this is reyach nichowach. But you see the Torah says many times that it gives God, you know, satisfaction. Reyach nichowach ishel Hashem, that there's an aroma that is, uh, you know, wafting up from the Qurban. <coughs> and therefore, it gives Borei Olam, <coughs> like Rashi says, that my will was, was fulfilled. Says the Mishnah, this concept of Reyach Nihowach did not apply to the Bamot. Why not? Is it not a Qurban? Pshar is, because there, God says, you're only bringing it because you want to do Avodah Zarah. So I'm giving you a way to do Avodah Zarah. It's not there. I gave it to you as a preventative measure. You think I'm happy about that? Which means, if, 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 I tell, uh, if I tell my kid, listen, you have an anger problem. And if I want you to control your anger, so I got your punching bag. Every time you get angry, instead of punching your sister, punch the bag. So I see the kid not punching the bag. The father's not happy. The kid's angry. <laughs> I, gave him a, I gave him an alternate method in order to vent his anger. I wish he wouldn't be angry in the first place. I'm not going to get That doesn't bring me there. Every time I see the kid pounding the bag, I say, oh, he's still uh, he's filled with rage. Understand? So every time then when we bring on the Bama, that's the Mishnah. Beautiful. And then he says, Ubaze Yuvan. With this, it's Muvan. Hadamar Rabbi Natan. Unbelievable. Rabbi Natan taught, Hanoder Kiilu Bana Bama. It says, if a person makes a Neder, Neder is like building a Bama, which means, What's the purpose of making a neder? The neder is a geder. It's a fence so you won't come to do something else. Why does the person make a neder? He, he wants to wake up early in the morning, let's say, right? He's having a hard time getting up early in the morning. So he makes a nederizeruzin. So he says, you know, if I don't wake up in the morning, I'm going to give $100 of sedaka every day that I wake up late. So that neder over there is a geder in order to get him to do or the opposite. The guy is doing averot. And therefore to prevent him from making averot, which is a better example in this mashal, the guy is doing wrong things. So therefore what does he say? Neder. That if I uh, do this, I'm going to have to pay a knas. And therefore it's to protect him from... Now that neder is not a lofty, holy neder in the sense that the guy is an animal. But to protect the animal... He puts a fence. The fence. So therefore, because what's the purpose of the Bama? Also again, it against Abu Dazara. Beautiful, uh, beautiful explanation. A beautiful explanation. So he says, Resha. The times of the Beit HaMikdash, what are you doing? Go, go to the temple. What do you need to bring a, 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 a Bama in your backyard? The temple's there, God is there. Ken hanoder hu rotzen likdor atzmo beneder. 
אבל הוא מוסיף פשע, שכיוון גדלתו התורה והזהרתו המאירות עיניים. פיין. And then with this יסוד, he says something beautiful. There's an opinion in Masechet Megillah on Daf Yud, in Tosfot. The opinion is of Rav Haim HaKohen, not uh, Saban. Rav Haim HaKohen, one of the early, uh, one of the early Tosafists. I don't know when he was born, doctor. Rav Haim HaKohen says an amazing Hiddush. He says that we have a general rule that says like this. When there's no Kiddushat Bet HaMikdash, Bama, legal. Once there is Kiddushat Bet HaMikdash, Bama becomes taken offline. So they work uh, reciprocal, exactly. You'll never have simultaneously Beta Mikdash and Bama. You'll always have one. Okay? Uh, that's the way it works. So Rabbi Haim Akwen says there's an opinion, he's of that opinion, there's other opinions like that amongst the Rishonim, that Bizman Hazeh and Kedusha Bemkoma Mikdash. Gemara says, it's a big question. Aim Kedusha Lishona kitsha l'shata v'kitsha l'atid l'avo, or it's not l'atid l'avo. And some opinions held that there's no kiddushah today at the, at the side of the Beit HaMikdash. That kiddushah left, it'll only be reinstated re, uh, when Mashiach comes. And that's Rabbi Haim HaKohen's opinion. So he says that even though in kiddushah be Beit HaMikdash, still in heter b'mamot. And all the rabbis asking of Haim HaKohen, what are you talking about? <laughs> if you're telling me there's no Bet HaMikdash, so then the Bamot should become permissible. How is it possible to say that there's a moment we have nothing? Nothing, uh, nothing's not an option. The rule is, it's either here or there. But nobody said it's nowhere. So he says, <laughs> So he wants to understand how does, this, how does this work according to Haim HaKohen? Rabotai, he says something that is so beautiful. Uh, this is a mamash, uh, uh, a gift from the Meshach Chochmah. After he goes and explains the Ramban and the Rambam, he uses his theory now to go and answer the Haim HaKohen's opinion in Masechet Megillah. And what does he say? I'll tell you why. Because we know something happened in the times of the second Beit HaMikdash. The men of the great assembly saw that the Jewish people were being drawn after Avodah Zarah in an uncontrollable level. Avodah Zarah was, it was magnetism. Now, we don't, we don't relate to it. Nobody ever walks by a Beit Avodah Zarah and has to control himself. You know, you might walk by Wendy's and uh, you know, you say, ah, I wish I could have a hamburger. You know, and you don't, you don't have it. You walk right by, right? But nobody's walking by the Avodah Zarah in China and saying, ah, oh, if they could just only one second, I could just bow and rub the Buddha's belly, I would be, uh, you know, uh, you know, who cares? No, 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 has a desire. On the contrary, you want to go there and destroy the place. But in the olden days, if you could believe it, there was an attraction. I can't explain how because we don't have this attraction. Why? Because the rabbis prayed. 
to nullify the Yetzirah of Avodah Zarah. And therefore, there is no Avodah Zarah, Yetzirah anymore today that is significant. So says the Meshach Chochmah, that's the Sivra of Rav Haim HaKohen, that after the Bet HaMikdash, even though there's no Kiddushah in the Bet HaMikdash, Bamot are forbidden because the Rambam's reason for Bamot is what? A preventative against Avodah Zarah. But once the second Bet HaMikdash came and the rabbis took away that Yetzirah of Avodah Zarah, there's no Hetera Bamot anymore. <laughs> How do you like that, Meshach Ogmah? He uses the, the principle that he established and then he comes and says, and therefore we have, a, we have an understanding. He writes, you don't need a fence anymore. The rabbis took care of that view. The only reason why God allowed you to do this type of exercise called Bama, which is not a Reyach Nihoah item, is only because Imken, two, ki batla yitzrad avodazara. Once avodazara becomes batel and it's yetzer, asuda kli bebama. And therefore, that is a beautiful, beautiful answer. Now, oh, oh, so with this, he explains a pasuk in Tehillim. In Tehillim, in chapter. Uh, 51. 51, the Pasuk says in the same chapter, next pasuk, Hetiva bersonecha etzion, tebnei chomot Yerushalayim, az tachvos zivchesedek ola vechalil. Come to Jerusalem, build the Beit HaMikdash, az tachvos zivchesedek. Well, make up your mind. You told me in the first pasuk, God says, not interested, ola lo tirtzeh. Not interested in your ola. And then you tell me, "Hetiva b'rsonecha etzion tevnei chomot yerushalayim as tachvos zefchesedik olav bechalil." Make up your mind: Are you tachpots or lotirze? Says the Rav. It's two different moments. When it's talking about the bama, then Bore Olam comes along and says, "Ki lot tachpos zebar beetena olal lotirze." I'm not interested in that. I rather you don't bring on the bama. Because if you're bringing on the Baba, that's telling me that you're really being attracted to Abu Nazara and you're just trying to eat kosher bacon, like we said. And I'd rather you not do it. However, when the Pasuk says, You're going to go to Jerusalem and build the temple. Then God says, I will have a desire for Zahasidik. Because now it's to create that spiritual electricity that the Ramban talked about. And there was David Amelik that was talking about two different times at well. And therefore he says, <laughs> Therefore that's a, 
That's an amazing, amazing, amazing item as well. Now, with this, with this, I saw uh, brought down. There's a um, there's a big discussion that there are those that hold mahlokat between Rav Kiva Eger and another Aharon. Can you bring korbanot bezmanazeh? Put put the tumah on the side. Put all that stuff. Paraduma. Put that on the side. Because could be tumah utra besibur, and therefore we're all tamer anyway. So therefore you don't need paraduma if it's tumah utra besibur. Put the tumah business on the side. So there was one rabbi that held that since there is no kedusha. Oh, so he held. And he said to Rekiva Eger that he has a proof that Mashiach cannot come until we bring Korbanot. Interesting. He held that Korbanot have to be brought first, even before the Beit HaMikdash. There's opinions like this, even today, that you need to bring Korbanot. And after we bring the Korbanot, then it'll bring the Beit HaMikdash, and then it'll bring Mashiach. And Rekiva Eger argued. And one of the things Rukhima Eger says, he says, just look, look, look at the Amidah. The Amidah shows you the order of Mashiach. What does it say in the Tefillah? It's Semach David Tatzmiyah. So therefore, it's Semach David is what? Mashiach. Before that, what does it say? Tishkon Betok Yerushalayim. So first, we're going to have build the Beit Hamikdash in Yerushalayim. And then we're going to have it's Semach David. And then, let's say, So, Kivegas is just following the, the, the line of the, of the Gemara, of the Amidah. It seems Kurbanot are not going to be till after the process. So, the rabbi that was corresponding with Rukhiva Eger, he says, Here, you bring it ayah from the regular Tefillah of Hall, and I'll bring you an ayah from Tefillah of Rosh Chodesh, then I'm right. Well, what does it say in. Uh, in uh, in Rosh Chodesh, so it says, "Mizbeya Hadash b'Siyon Tachin." Mizbeya Hadash sounds like well, we're going to build a new mizbeah in Zion. Ve'olat Rosh Chodesh na'ale alav, and we'll put the korban on it. Usid izim na'ase berason, and we'll bring the korbanot. And then we will have the Avodah of the Beit HaMikdash. And then we will have Mashiach. So therefore, he explains it based on this. You got to bring Korbanot. And what is his theory? How could you bring Korbanot today? So he says, he says, He says, no matter how you weigh in on what you hold, is there Kiddushah in the Beit HaMikdash or not? So he says, if there's Kiddushah in the place of the Beit HaMikdash, beauty. Go to the place of the Beit HaMikdash, erect an altar, and bring a Korban. And if you're going to say that there's no Kiddushah in the place of the Beit HaMikdash, go to the place of the Beit HaMikdash and build the Mama. The man of Shach, you'll be okay. 
Put a bama at the makom mikdash. If it's kiddushat mikdash, you're bringing it mitzad kiddushat mikdash. If it's not kiddushat mikdash, memela what? You bring a bama. You bring the bama. You'll be okay. And obviously, he's coming along to say that even if you don't want to go with the opinion of Haim Kohen, you want to say that when there's no Beit HaMikdash, you can build the Bama. But based on what we just said now, no. That once already we introduced the opinion of Harambam, and Harambam comes along and says that after the second Beit HaMikdash, where there's no Yitzrah da Avodah Zarah, so it's not going to help you to put a Bama in that spot over there. And therefore, you're not going to be able to activate korbanot in the Makoma Mikdash. Because if there's Kiddushah there, fine. But if there's no Kiddushah there, what are you doing? There's no Heter Bamot based on Harambam and all that. Therefore, the Sisi Ezer points that out, that even those that are trying to push this agenda to build the uh, Mizbeah on the Beit Mikdash, based on this Meshach Chochmah, it don't work. Because once already the second temple is done, the Yetzirah of Abudah is gone, and the Bamot are off the table. Now we move on to the second selection. I just have uh, three selections that I want to give you today, and uh, I'm, I'll be on my way. So, throughout Sefer Vayikra, we see this terminology, Reyach Nihoach Ishel Hashem. Reyach Nihoach Hashem. And we always explain it, you know, metaphorically. Uh, it's a God, he's not smelling it. It's, God doesn't need to smell it, by the way. Uh, it's not like us, when you, you pass a... Uh, uh, a barbecue, say, ah, you waft it in, you smell it in, you say, oh, that's a good uh, barbecue over there. Money on them doesn't have those desires that we have over here. So we always understood it. It's just, uh, you know, to make it palatable to the ear. That's a way of saying that God gets pleasure from, from this. So by the way, so we have a way to say that God gets pleasure. What are you giving me this? Uh, flowery interpretation. Why are you comparing this pleasure to the pleasure of smell? If you're agreeing to me that really God's not smelling the korban per se, it's not the smell of the you know the the barbecue sauce and the A1 steak sauce on the on the korban that's going up to God the rub as they call it today. That's not what's given the korban any 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 better smell to God than not. So why did you say or What's the lesson in there? So I bring to you the Kitab Kabbalah. Yeah, so he says like this. Ola isher Hetev amar Hashem. So he calls it Sefer Ma'aseh Hashem. This rabbi here, Kitab Kabbalah, was an expert in Hebrew language. So it's a beautiful Sefer. Whenever you want to get the the wordage and the right understanding of how the text should be explained, is a great sefer. We don't use it enough. HaKitab HaKabala. Really beautiful. It's not coming to talk about the smell of the korban. That's it. Whatever you thought for the past 53 years, sorry to tell you, the Re'achni Chowah has got nothing to do with the actual sacrifice itself. God's not smelling any meat, and it's not over here in Yan of uh, an aroma of such. Ki'im ma'aseh ish u'machshebotav. The Re'achni Chowah is going on the person's kavana when he brings the korban. And what is that? Ki'amevi korban 
לא יחשוב שבקורבנו לבד נתכפר עוונו. Person has to know that when you bring a korban, it's not the korban alone that just atones uh, for your sins. Person just thinks he made a avon, he goes to the Beit HaMikdash, he stores an animal, throws it on the Mizbeach, and he thinks that he's exonerated. It just doesn't work that way. Aval ya'ale bidato shiv korbano eno ki'im reyach nichowach the korban is already supposed to be something that is indicative to where he's going, to what he's going to do in the future. That means after he brings the korban, so now the goal of the korban is what? To bring him to, like the Ramban says, whatever's happening to the korban should have happened to him. And if we have to imagine that, that really he should have been slaughtered, that really his blood should have been sprinkled, and really he should have been skinned and flayed, and really his blood, meat should be on them as bad. But God had mercy on him. So at that point, when he brings the korban, the korban is supposed to bring him to something, something else. And what is that something else the korban is supposed to bring? Bring him to humility, to being contrite, to being uh, 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 remorseful, to being a little more careful, Exactly. Guy can't do I brought the Qurban. That's like Khamaruk Allah Basham used to say for those people that used to make Anna. He used to say, uh, they go like this, they're looking around like this, looking around like this. And they're just banging, they're banging, they're banging. What are you banging? <laughs> he said they don't even know what they're saying. They're just going through the motion. He says, This doesn't make up any sense. A guy taking his fist and banging his chest will not make up according to any opinion, any sin, even if you do it all day long. So what is it? That's just a motivation to bang the heart, to wake up the heart, to arouse the person to make tishuva. It's to lead him to something more significant. But it's, it's, not, it's not the banging. Similar to the korban. The purpose of the korban is in order to get the person to do something after the korban. The korban is l'reyach nihoach. Now why would we refer to that as l'reyach nihoach? That inyan... So this is the punchline he says. He writes, If he doesn't metaken his actions, Because what, 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 you think I need meat? Well, you think I'm haser menu in Shabbat? There's a lack of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of food? So he says, Listen to the gorgeous language. is talking not about the Qurban and not about God. It's talking about what the purpose of a Qurban is. The purpose of the Qurban is What does it mean? Unbelievable. What is the power of smell exactly? Take a simple example. I have already a cup of milk. Now, before I drink the milk, what's the first thing that attracts me to the milk, the smell. That's why the nose is extended off the face. Because if the nose would be, let's say, in the back, 
then you'd have to put the milk before you drink it in the back to test it first. And then we, you know, we, we'd be uh, hard-pressed for that all the time. So Borei Olam made an instant system where the nose is extended, so you cannot bring this to your mouth without your nose hitting it first. And therefore, that'll be the inspection to make sure that it's not spoiled. So by the time it gets to your mouth, already you've made the inspection naturally with your... So the, 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 the reyach actually is an announcement to what's coming. The reyach, what is the reyach, the purpose of reyach? The reyach is saying what you're about to do is either something favorable or not. The reyach, he calls it, is a mebaser. It's, a, it's, it's giving you a, a forecast, a heads up to what's going to be. I don't know if I didn't eat this or not. So how, how does it work? First, the smell hits you. And the smell now indicates to you that what's coming up, meaning the actual eating, is going to be a good process. And therefore, a korban, its purpose is to be an indicator, like a reyach, to something that is good to follow. In the person. Again, it's his language. He says, When the smell comes from far, If it's a good item, The korban is a mebaser. The korban is an indicator that's telling us what's coming. God says, I don't care about the korban. The korban is only important that it's the smell of it. It's the smell that indicates to me something that's after the smell. What's after the smell? The item itself. Before the item actually comes to you, it's the smell that comes first. God is smelling not the korban, but is smelling the guy. That the guy at the time that he brings the korban has to create a certain machshavan, a certain attitude, where Borelam says, I see what's coming. I see what's coming for this guy. <coughs> Therefore, from now already, I know the food is good. How do you know the food's good? You didn't eat it yet. I don't have to eat it yet. I know, I can smell it already. You know, and you walk into the, uh, into the kitchen on Erev Shabbat, you know right away if your wife, if your wife burnt the rice or not. You walk in and say, honey, this, this, something doesn't smell right over there. But you, you didn't taste it. I don't have to taste it yet. I, I, it doesn't smell like this. Something, something's going wrong over there. Something's wrong. She said, what are you talking about? Or you open it up, all of a sudden, the thing comes out. You say, look what you did over here. Or the opposite. You walk into the kitchen and say, wow, that apple, remember the cartoon, the apple pie? You see the, the smoke coming from the apple pie and the guy's floating towards the... Uh, but you didn't even taste the apple pie yet. What are you getting all excited? I don't have to taste it for. Already the, the aroma, the aroma, the whiff as they call it, already is indicating to me what's, what, what, what's on deck. You, when you come home and you smell the dinner in the kitchen, you say, oh, we're going to have a good dinner tonight. You don't eat it yet. I don't have to die. Already the day out the hour is indicating to me what's going to come. And that's exactly the inyan of the korbanot. 
when the guy comes to me, God's looking not for the korban, not for the smell of the korban, for the real. What is this going to lead to? What is this korban going to bring me to? So if he sees the machshava is good, he sees the guy's humble and that, boy, else says, oh, this is a good. But I didn't do anything yet. You don't have to do anything yet. I smell it already. I smell it already. Therefore, I know what's coming is going to be a good result. The korban brought you to the right, the right place. It's a mebaser but all I did is bring a korban on the already I see where you're headed. Ha, I smell it already. I smell the food's good. So if I, know, I know we're going to have a good dinner. That's the inyan of that. The lashon of what's going on the guy. It's a spectacular explanation to this, uh, to this concept. Okay, that's number two. That's the Ketav Kabbalah. Uh-huh. That's why they chose the word smell, exactly. So smell is a mevaser. It's a mevaser for something that is going to happen. This week also, Rabotai, is the parasha of Para Aduma, as you know. Got a double header. Hazako Baruch. Bediyuk. It was just an action. It was not a. Bediyuk. Bediyuk. That's a very good connection. Hazak. We have a holy cow this week, Rabotai. Para Aduma. Rizura, Rizura, the scooter. We have over here, Rabotai, uh, the holy cow, the Para Aduma. The red heifer, as they call it. And uh, this is a special reading. It's one of the four special readings. Some hold that the reading of Paraduma is indeed the Oraita. Uh, it's a mahlokar on that, so you should try to make it to synagogue tomorrow to hear Paraduma. And even if the ladies can make it, uh, you know, we don't force them to come, but if they come anyway, let them come a little early and they'll get to hear a, uh, a special reading. It's from Parashat Chukat, by the way. And the Torah says in Parashat Chukat, Zot Chukat HaTorah, this is the Chok. Now we know what the word Chok is. Exactly. Well, there is an explanation, but there's no apparent explanation. Of course, there's an explanation to everything. It's just that it's beyond us. Doesn't make sense. Right. Again, I keep on adding the words to us. So therefore, which means, of course, Bori Olam, if he's giving us a law, there has to be a lot of sense to it. But some laws, for whatever reason, Bori Olam deprives the, uh, the person from the, you know, from, the, uh, from the reason. And the Torah introduces para aduma in Parashat Chukat, implying that that's when we got para aduma. Now, we really know that we really didn't uh, get para aduma until the first paraduma was brought on the second day of Nisan, after the inauguration of the Mishkan, which was on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, second year of the sojourn in the desert. Eliyahu, listen to what I'm telling you. B'nai Israel built the Mishkan. They inaugurated it on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. That's the Biyom Hukama Mishkan. On day two, that's when the laws of paraduma went into, you know, action. They took a para'aduma, v'yikredecha para'aduma, timima, and all that. The uh, problem with that is, gentlemen, is that if you remember, we learned in Rashi, in Parashat Beshalach, that when the Jewish people got to a city called Mara, it says, Sham, Sam, Lo, Hok, Umishpat, Visham Nisahu. That over there in Mala, God gave us a chok and a mishpat. And Rashi, if you remember over there, said that already in Mala we got miksat mitzvot. We already got like a 
a preview or a taste of coming attractions. And one of the mitzvot that were previewed in Mara was Para Aduma. So now we have a contradiction. Make up your mind. Was Para Aduma given in Mara, like it sounds like from Nashi over there, or was it given on the second day of, of Nisan? We have an easy answer to that. Not, not a hard reconciliation to that. <laughs> when it comes to the actual learning of the laws of para aduma, sham sam lo hokum ishpat, the education, the, the, the learning of the laws were given then. But when was the para aduma actually in effect, in practicality, in, in actuality? On the second of Nisan. So it's not a contradiction of these two days over there. It's just like today. We study Masechet Zevahim. We don't have the Bet HaMikdash, so we're studying it. But then the Bet HaMikdash will be built. We'll take what we learned in Masechet Zevahim, we'll put it into, uh, into practicality. The same thing with the Paraduma. There was first in Inyan, we had to learn the Sugya. And it was just, you know, Halakha that didn't apply yet because we didn't have the Mishkan. And after we learned it, then by the time the second of Nisan came, we were ready. The question is, Rabotai, why do you got to give me para aduma in Mara? You didn't give me the Tariyag mitzvot in Mara. Why was that so critical that that mitzvah I got to get a preview? By the way, give it to me on the second of Nisan. I, you're right. They're going to have to have a, you know, a, 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 a quick, uh, you know, learning of it in one day. But okay, what are you going to do, by the way? It's not so, 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 so far-fetched. The Jewish people in Mitzrayim, by the way, before they brought Kurban Pesach, had to run the whole Masechet uh, Pesachim, by the way. The first, first six chapters of Masechet Pesachim to figure out how to bring Kurban Pesach legally, by the way. But, my point is that you, you, you had to learn all the Hilchot Kurban Pesach before they brought it. How many days they had? Four days. Or two weeks. So the Quran will learn Para Aduma in one day. Why do you need to have Para Aduma given in Mara? That's the question we have over here. Understand the question? Which means Shabbat was also given in Mara. Okay, Shabbat, uh, Shabbat is uh, the Ot. Shabbat is uh, the key. Kishesh Shemim. Kibud Abba'im. All right. Kibud Abba'im. The ethical law. No problem. We didn't get Kashrut, for example. Why? Kashrut wasn't given to last Sinai. But Paraduma, we couldn't wait. Why couldn't you wait? So he says something over here. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. A beautiful, beautiful piece. Again, another. These are the books that I'm presenting in a botai. These are tricks of the trade. You know, you, you could be like me. Just buy these books and you don't got to come anymore. And you can just uh, read them yourself. All I do for you is an audio book. I'm reading you something here. See? What year did he live? <laughs> Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. I was at the Leviathan. 15, 18 years ago. I was at the Yeah, oh, oh boy. So he says, he was amazing. Why does God choose to give us Paraduma, Davka, and Mara? Okay, those are 
important mitzvot mishum shiratzah shem yikaymu eze mitzvot lemaase veyu yotim uchelim ayedin zeh lekavad haturah lekei mitzvotea. He says better. He's God gave us certain mitzvot just to get into practice because we're going to get a lot of mitzvot. But if you don't get into the practice of discipline, so therefore it's going to be a you know a shell shock when we get to Torah. So therefore, Borei Olam eased us into it. Take Shabbat, take Kibud Avayim, some Dinim. But Paraduma, we're not putting it into practice anyway. So therefore, what's the uh, what's the purpose to get it uh, in the coming attractions? He says we can't bring the Paraduma. Paraduma Adain Eiv Shalayali Kayem. You need oil moed in Mishkan. If you look at that Rashi, in Parashat Mishalach, which is Perek Tet Vav, Pasuk Chafhe, 1525, Rashi says, Natan lahem, Miksat parashiyot shel Torah sheit aseku bahem. What is sheit aseku? Learn. Kolomar ikara kavana itan limuda Torah belikiyuma mitzvot. The purpose was to learn it, not necessarily to fulfill it. Elarak sheit kavenu lekabalat Torah al yedel limuda. That part of the process that God wanted to train us. In Mara was not only observance of mitzvot, but learning. But what type of learning? If you want to train us in learning, no problem. By the way, the Torah is very big. Many masikhtot that God could have given us in order to say, Rabotai, I gave you some mitzvot that you'll do in practicality. But you know what? I want us to train you. That Judaism is learning. You know what? Here's Masechet Megillah. It didn't exist then. Masechet Sotah. Parashat So Go study it. Or go review Masechet Pesachim. He came out of Egypt already. Why did he introduce to us all of a sudden Paraduma? Paraduma comes to tell you that just like you don't understand Paraduma, you don't understand anything. Ultimately, all that I'm going to give you is all like Paraduma. Paraduma is not the exception. Paraduma comes to tell B'nai Yisrael, you're going to get a lot of laws, but remember, I'm giving you this one first because this is the rule of how the Torah is. Just like you have no clue of what Paraduma is talking about, guess what? The reasons are not going to have any, any bearing on the law. Because you do not keep the law because it makes sense. And I'll tell you why. Because if you keep the law, you have these balay batimos. You can tell a real, you know, how you tell a real balabai. There's, there's telltale ways you can tell balabai. They have a whole list of things. You know, right away, the guy's a certified balabai. I'm an artist. When, when you tell him something, you tell him something like from the law, from the Torah, and the guy says, Yeah, I agree with that. Who are you? Because it makes sense to them. So you know what? I, I agree with that. So that, that's a big, 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 big statement there 
when you say you agree with it, because then it's saying that you're not fulfilling it because God said. Does it make sense? You're doing it because you said it makes sense. So you've taken away the mitzvah. You've taken away the commander. Because what's commanding you is not the commander. What's commanding you is your brain. So when the guy says, I like that, it makes sense. And therefore, and if you didn't like it, if you didn't like it, it's still there. What are you going to do? It's still there. Oh, I, I, I understand the logic of it. It makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, so therefore, that's what's guiding you, that's what's motivating you to do it. So therefore, you're, it's self-worship. You're only worshiping your brain. So he says... It's a gezera gazarti. It's a gezera. Don't even go there. Let Para Aduma teach you to the rest of the Torah. Even though the other mitzvot, you might have some understanding. The ultimate motivation of why you should be driven to keep the mitzvot, because I said so. I, but there's a reason. The reason is just, uh, you know, because once you're going to start with reasons, then a lot of reasons don't apply anymore. And the reasons now could be the, the cause of you undoing the mitzvah. The Midrash writes, why is there Brit Milah on the eighth day? Hold on to your seats. This is the Mishra Bar Yochai said this. Great Kabbalist. You know why? Because why should everybody come to the Brit Milah happy? And the couple uh, said, because she gave birth. And she can't go to the Mikveh after she has a baby boy until seven days. So therefore she'll go to the Mikveh on the seventh night. Eighth day is the Brit Milah. Beauty, when everybody's reading Zohar, his wife's going to the mikveh. The next day, beautiful, they all come to the party. He, he can hold his wife's hand for the pictures. But if you don't have the Milan the eighth day, if you didn't Milan the seventh day, she's not Teora. Everybody's coming to the party, all happy. This guy's Zalan because his wife is, uh, is Temeah. Unbelievable reason. Okay, so if that's the reason today, we don't have that because our ladies don't go to the mikveh after seven days. The doctor says they can't go after six weeks. So therefore, what, do the Milan when the kid's three years old? Of course not. You know, well, that's the reason he said. So therefore, what's the reason? They won't do whatever you want. No, that's just the... Uh, You're not going to start using the... Oh, they come along and tell you that you know why the reason why you can't eat pork? Trichinosis. Right? Because they have trichinosis. That's the type of virus or the, you know, uh, food poisoning that's in this, uh, in this uh, bacteria that's in the pork. Look at the Torah knew it. The Torah knew about trichinosis. They wouldn't let them admit it. Okay, but today that we have the FDA and they come along and they put a stamp, triple A on every piece of pork, no trichinosis, no mad cow disease, no, not all that other stuff. So therefore, maybe you come along and say, well, oh, that's no much. Nah, that, that was something that applied, yeah, maybe, but ultimately the real... And that's what Ura Hamakadur says when the Torah introduces para aduma. What's the first three words? Zot hukat ha Torah. It doesn't say zot hukat ha para. It says Ura Hamakadur. What do you mean? You're giving me one law here. So he's saying, no, no, no. Zot hukat ha Torah. Learn from para aduma that the whole Torah is a hook. 
That's the lesson over here. That's why it was given in Marah, because it's the most important introduction to Teriyag Mitzvot. Parah Duma is going to set the mind of the of Klai Yisrael that it doesn't go with your mind. Finally, he says, that now you understand why in the middle of the laws of Parah Duma, which we're going to read tomorrow, the Torah says, Zot Torah Adam ki yamut be'ohel. This is the story of an Adam that dies in a tent, Tumat Ohel, which we know we learned many times. Tumat Ohel, Tumat Meh, Be'ohel. And what does the Gemara say on this? Oh, and the Vre Torah mitkayem, Ela bemi shememit atzmo alea. Zot Torah Adam ki yamut Be'ohel, which means Torah is not acquired uh, studying it casually and just, you know, stam. You have to study the Torah in, in depth and you have to go, go, go very deep in order to understand it. Says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, what in the world is this doing in Parashat Paraduma? You want to motivate me to learn Torah? Put that in Kiryat Shema. I don't know where it belongs. And you should also know Adam Kiyamud Be'ohil. Why would all of a sudden in a Paraduma item are you telling me that you have to study Torah in depth, and you have to be meet, he's saying, because that's the only way you're going to really understand anything. If you just think that you're going to study Torah and understand it perfunctorily, you're not going to say anything. Therefore, in Parah Adumah, just like you don't understand, you have to delve into it. Zotorah, the whole Torah is like that. So there were people come along and they didn't study, they didn't open books, they, they, they're giving reasons. And even the Sefer HaChinuch that gave reasons, he came along and he said, I'm not giving a, a, a reason. He explains that the word ta'am could mean reason, but the word ta'am can also mean a litme, a taste. And therefore, I'm just giving you to make it a little flavorable, which means, and he, I heard this from the from the, from, from, from Ramorichai Gifta Alava Shalom. He said a beautiful explanation. Gifta used to give a shiur in Sefer HaChinuch on Sunday mornings to the Bale Batim. And I heard it, I uh, have the tapes. And he said a, a, a beautiful explanation. He said, I want to ask you a question. You have a piece of meat. The piece of meat is, is, uh, uh, is seasoned. They put the olive oil on it and the salt and the pepper, and then they give you the, you know, the, the sauces, the, the dips today, the dips. They put the chimichurri and the garlic mayo and the, and the guy has all the sauces and he's dipping it in and he's making it. Now what? He says, delicious. I mean, delicious. I want to ask you a question. Nutritionally, if the guy doesn't put any seasoning on the meat, nutritionally, the same protein is going to go into his body. Maybe better. Maybe better, maybe not. Well, assuming, assuming it's not unhealthy. But protein-wise, he's going to get So therefore, what, what, what is all the dips doing? It's just making it easier to go down. He says, that's the same thing. The mitzvot that we're doing, without the reason, have the same spiritual value. The time is only for us that it goes down easily. That it just has a better flavor when we're fulfilling it. But it, nothing to do, and he brings the proof. What's the proof that he brings? The best proof you can bring. Avraham Abinu has the guests over. And what does he serve them? Matzot. And what does that she say? Why is he serving them matzot? Pesach. 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 I thought... That we eat matzot, because when we came out of Mitzrayim, the matzot, the dough that was on their shoulders, Mish'arotam, didn't have time to rise. So that, that didn't happen yet. 
So how was Abraham Abinu eating matzot on something that was only given because there was an event associated with that, and that event did not happen yet? Says the briskarab, you know why you eat matzot? Because Hashem told you to eat matzot. Hashem told you to eat matzot. Ba'erev tochlu matzot. Period. Oh, so what Borei Olam do? To make it uh, dramatic for you, he put it in the story. Borei Olam says, you know what? I got a matzah. I want to eat the matzah regardless, by the way. I want Avraham to eat matzah before there's even the story. But you know what? If I make it the movie anyway, let's, let's throw it in there. We can throw in matzah. We, we're going to throw it in. I don't know. On the way out, we'll put it on their shoulders and therefore they're there. And then when they're eating the matzah, they can say, oh, it was that over there. But they can eat it anyway, by the way. But if, 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 we, could, if we could make it, you know, part of the uh, narrative... But don't think that it's the narrative that's causing you to eat the uh, matzot because they were eating matzot already way before. Uh, Abraham, Yitzhak Abin, we told his sons, bring me shtegedaya izim. The Kabbalah says, v'chim, ha'kadoshim, sadiq, tukedaya izim. What is he eating? Two goats? So, and if Pesach haya. What was going about Pesach? What was going about Hagiga? Hagiga. I took about Pesach when they left, and they take the blood, sprinkle the door. Slaughter it. Yeah, 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 we know that. But you know, ultimately, why you have to inquire about Pesach? Because Hashem said to me, go about Pesach. But what was nice to us that he stuck it into the story also that there's an Inyan over there. But don't think for a minute that that's the ultimate reason. Although it, 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 it definitely reminds us of it. Definitely we're connected to it through that event. But the event is not, uh, is not, is, 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 is not the item that brings it. And that's why uh, uh, it says... Uh, that the tam is not the reason, the tam is the, uh, the tam is the flavor. And then Rav concludes and he says, The whole reason why Paradma was given is to prepare them for the whole Torah. The Torah is above our, our, our knowledge. Shalom HaMelech said, Shalom said, Amarti Ahkama. I said, let me, you know, apply some wisdom to this. But I see that what it is, it is beyond. I want to an explanation. Davina Shilamos says, Amarti Ahkama. We always think he's referring to the Paraduman. Amarti Ahkama. Vehi. We're assuming he means the para. It's far from me. Vihi, he's the female, the para. Amarti ahkama. Now, why do you have to pay vihi? It sounds like he's a different item. It should say, Amarti ahkama. Amarti ahkama. What's the vihi doing in there? It should have just said, Amarti, I said, let me apply wisdom. But you know what happened? Kama. It's, it's still far from me. Explanation is that once David saw that he cannot apply understanding to para aduma, he then came along and said, Vihi, meaning kola Torah kula Now I say, I don't hate anything, by the way. And I'll tell you why. Because all the teriyag mitzvot are like the limbs in the body. The limbs in the body all work in tandem. You know how all the limbs work. God forbid, if they take out one thing from the guy's body, it affects 
everything. Now he's got to take a medicine because the, the heart affects the liver and the liver. It's all a puzzle. And this puzzle is all interconnected. That's why you need Ramach and Shasa. And God forbid, once already one of the organs don't work, it sets off a, a domino effect. Oh, this, this could affect that. Now you need a medicine to compensate for what it is. The Tariyag Mitzvot are a puzzle. And therefore, once you don't understand one part of the puzzle, already the whole puzzle now is not understood. Because all of the Torah is connected. So therefore, once already there's a blockage in this area, it's going to affect the whole, because Paraduma is connected to the Tariyag, it's part of the, the Surah. So therefore, David said, let me figure out Paraduma. But once I saw I can't figure out Paraduma, you know what? The whole thing now becomes... Difficult to me because once there's an element of hukim that is scattered around the Torah, that's going to really tell us that even the stuff that you do understand, it's really not because of the reason that was given. It's only because of a greater, a greater logic, and that's why it says Nirmaz Parashazu Gufa Zotorat Adam Kiyamut Beohel Sheiyev Shadem Lehasiget Amkuta Torah Ela Imken Aiderov Amal VeYigia. The only way to understand this Torah is through a lot of toil. Because it's indeed above human comprehension. Okay, we'll stop over here. Amen, amen. Amen, amen.